Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 71 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Rawr. Rawr. Good morning, <laughs> good afternoon. Yeah, it's uh, nearly three, if you can believe it. I can't, because here it's uh, nearly nine. <laughs> so, we are not in some time loop or anything like that. You know, Amanda's in, uh, in another country, who, of which she is also a citizen. Yay! That's new! Yeah, that's new congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Super exciting stuff. So now I'm a, a dually too cooly. so... <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Poke passports, you know. Poke passport. You you are uh, so so to catch up uh, any of the listeners. You are a a a citizen of Luxembourg. No, I'm not a citizen of Luxembourg. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, I'm I'm now a American and British national. So I've got a blue passport and a burgundy passport. Fantastic. You know, and I was really trying to think of um, Dr. Doom's country, that little bitty country that's his, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. So joke ruined. So anyway, uh, to bring us back to, uh, you know, this is 2019. We've we uh, by this point, you will have heard our games of the year. Hopefully, if not, you should go back and check that one out. Um, so what have you been playing? Uh, if you've had any time. You know what? You were going to be so shocked. <laughs> I I know. I've been playing some ish. Listen, I've been oh, playing man. some ish. And I've been playing stuff that you probably would think I'd never play in my life. Yeah. Very nice. I know. The suspense is killing me. It's killing me. <laughs> I want to know. What is it? Yeah. So uh, yesterday um, I met up with mate of mine and we played FIFA 2019 and NBA 2K19. Oh, my goodness. I, I know. know. I, I know. I guess those games. I know. And you know what? I was not horrible. So, like, the first match in FIFA, I lost by one point which is not loads like that happens in normal matches every week. This is true. And but the second match the score, 10 to 11? It was, no, no, it was, no, it was one to zero. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Struggle. I do my best here. I do my best. I'm not bad with the defensing. Apparently I just, I can't really, I can't shoot for anything, but it's fine. And then, uh, and then the second match. Oh, and we were playing, I was playing as I think uh, Bayern Munich and I don't remember who he was playing as. And then the second match I was playing as um, uh, Atletico Madrid, and he was playing as Chelsea, and I lost 2-1. But that's not bad. You know what I mean? No, that's not bad. not bad at all. Most of the game we were tied. 
So it was bad. I scored early. That's more soccer <laughs> content than we've ever had on this show. So I know. Amazing, right? So it was it was super fun. I'd never played it before. We played two matches and and I felt like, you know, better quit while I'm only mildly behind. Or basically and then we played uh, Yeah, well, you know. Like basically, like what if I got really good and then and then I just started beating fools right and left, you know, with my exactly. tackles. <laughs> Quitting your job uh, <laughs> and you're becoming a pro, moving to Belgium to play EA games. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then we played NBA 2K19. We played the classic team. So I was the Orlando Magic, obviously. Uh, and he was playing as the Chicago Bulls. And I was dunking on fools. Shaquille O'Neal was just laying up right and left. Listen. Big Shaq. And uh, (laughs) I lost by nine points. I think it was like 60 something to 50 something. But nine points is not bad. Like, that's not horrible. Once again, I've seen I've seen worse, like basketball matches. And that was the first time I'd ever played. So I feel like it could have gone much worse. It could have gone much worse. Um, So yeah, sports games. (laughs) Never have guessed that. If I had all the guesses, it would have been my last guess. Because uh, I've never heard you talk about sports games before, really. I've 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 played Madden like once, so yeah. that's how little I play sports games. <laughs> well, I haven't. I just haven't played it. So, um, well, I I actually haven't played a lot, but I think I'm I'm kind of on a uh, I'm in recovery after God of War. I finally did complete it. I know I, I probably mentioned that at in length last episode, but I really, uh, I really have been emotionally drained. I would say I, I haven't really wanted to get into anything else yet. I even considered buying uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, because it was on sale for like eleven bucks on oh, the yeah. PlayStation Store, and uh, for all for as long as that game is and all the content, that would be worth it. Uh, but I just didn't really want to dive into anything else right now because I'm actually really waiting for, and uh, I don't want to hear your eyes roll, but I'm sure I will. Oh, I feel uh, them I'm rolling. Actually, I feel like I want to. I'm really waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay, here we go. So I could have called that. So yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's not coming out to the end of the month. I still have Spider-Man uh, content to complete and stuff like that, so I may try to, to finish that, even though I feel like the, the part that I'm on right now is unfair and stupid, and I've played it probably 25 times. Um, and uh, I just feel like some of the mechanics, some of the enemy mechanics are unfair. Um, it, it's it's just a little harder than it needs to be, and there's no way. For, I think I could, I might be able to make it a little bit easier, but I, I refuse to do it because um, I've gotten this far and I hadn't struggled like this. I'm just, and that's the thing about some games that I that I really don't like is that if I've played a game, I've finished a game, and up to this point I haven't had one of these issues, and then you reach a point it's just a wall and you can't get past it, and it's it's the same basic game it's the same basic game mechanics there's nothing that they've really added they've just added enough enemies to where now it's almost impossible and this is not like new game plus or anything this is just dlc stuff right so it's a little bit frustrating but i mean i'm i'm if you know first world problems i'm if that's what i'm frustrated about i guess life is pretty good so (laughs) yeah you're not Um, wrong yeah so that that i've been playing i haven't really been playing anything new 
Um, I did get back into Warcraft, but I've already max leveled, and I'm not really interested in the in-game stuff right now because I have to get my gear level up. So I went back and actually have tried to get a lot of the achievements and stuff from the previous expansion. And I actually have always loved doing that, diving back into that world <laughs> when you're max level for the for the next expansion. Because now you're at least 10 levels above everything that's that's there. So you can kind of whip through a lot of that stuff a lot easier. Right. Um, and, and for me, that makes it easier to see some of the content that I didn't get to see um, and uh, experience that, which... I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just didn't get to do it at the same time everybody else did for the most part. So, uh, but that's it. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm kind of just holding out for Kingdom Hearts three. That's good though. I mean, you don't rent your games, so you've got to be careful what you're spending your money on. So exactly. And I'm. I. I'm gonna say I'm. I've been pretty good about it. I have failed miserably a few times on purchases so far this last year, but I'm turning over a leaf and and I'm gonna try to either rent. Or only purchase games that, that I've done a, a lot of research on. So instead yeah. of just buying Far Cry 5 or 6. Oh, so. no. That was sad. That was a real that letdown. That was sad. That was a big letdown. Super sad. Although some people really loved it. And I'm, you know what? That's what's beautiful. Bloody about who? It just wasn't for me. <laughs> it wasn't for, I'm, you know what I did? There was a... I think Colin Moriarty uh, loved it. I don't know if you know who that is. He used to be with Kind of Funny. He was he used to write for IGN. Now he does his own thing. Um, he's a big fan of uh, Metroidvania style games. Captain or not Captain uh, Mega Man, right? Uh, Metroid and Castlevania. He you know those are games that he he loves and kind of like the the root of where all of his uh, you know the the games that are similar to that. That's what he loves, but. Uh, yeah, he he actually seemed to really love it. I just it just wasn't for me. So wasn't for me either. <laughs> so all right, well, uh, did you have any news? There are a few things in the news that I was uh, interested in, kind of bringing up, but um, I didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to share. No, I don't have anything right now. I think at the moment, just politically. Uh, we have that big Brexit vote on uh, Tuesday, so I think that's kind of overshadowed most of the coverage of everything what else. What do you that mean? You that more important than games? I mean, who knew? What is this? Yeah, What's this priority? Countries leaving. Oh, I don't even want to get into it. I, I mean, I, yeah. So I can, uh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine so it's, that. It's been fairly quiet games. over here. It's been fairly quiet. Yeah. Blah. Well, um, well, if if uh, if it makes you feel any better, we can. I do have some news, and maybe that'll yeah, that'll, do it, uh, do it. brighten your Distract day. Distract me. So the <laughs> there. Uh, so first thing that I wanted to mention was that Bungie and Activision uh, have split. So if you are a fan of Blizzard, Activision, Activision, Blizzard, whatever, Activision, Activision is the parent company for Blizzard. So it's. You know, a lot of things in the news lately have described uh, Blizzard as being controlled by Activision, that Activision is what's ruining Blizzard, and I'm sure that there's some truth to that. You know, it's hard to say at this point. But they do make a lot of the decisions, and Activision has been pretty heinous in the way that they've added loot boxes and, and RNG mechanics to some of their games that just didn't need it. They've been piecemealing Call of Duty instead of 
Uh, you know, so they've been piecemealing Call of Duty, and they've been making uh, making their games. They've been making good games, but making them worse. You know, they've uh, stuff that used to come in the package now is being broken broken up and sold uh, to you in pieces. So uh, Activision has gotten a pretty bad rap, and we already talked about I think early last year about the patent that they had uh, that they had that they had applied for that basically it was almost like a gambling mechanic in the game, a, a way to get you to, to spend money on, on in-game purchases. Um, and uh, we can go back and find out whatever that was, but basically they have a diagram that shows you, you know, it's a flow chart on how to get people to spend money inside your game and they were patenting it. So it's not like this is not something they're trying to do. And we're seeing a little bit more and more of it in Blizzard games. Well, Bungie apparently was just, just maybe had a publishing deal or some sort of arrangement where Activision wasn't necessarily their parent company. But if Bungie decided they wanted to leave, then they didn't have to worry about Activision, you know, fighting it. They still had that power. I don't think Blizzard has that power. Um, I think Blizzard is owned by Activision. And so that's, uh, that's kind of, they're kind of stuck there, but Bungie's broken away, and it, if you know, if you, for everyone that didn't know, Bungie, you know, was the developer of of uh, Halo, the Halo series, and Destiny. And uh, in doing so, they've kind of taken the reins back and the control back. And you know, Destiny had uh, its own controversies last year uh, with some uh, in-game purchase, live service type uh, negativity. Uh, but I think this is a step in the right direction for them as a company to get back their creative control. And, and um, I think it'd be interesting to watch how that works because they followed that up with releasing Destiny 2 on the Epic Store. Or the you know, Steam is kind of the standard for most people that, that order their game. Steam or GOG Games or whatever, GOG. Um that's where they get a lot of their games and that's where a lot of developers go to create games specifically for those platforms. Right. Yeah. Well, Epic is coming out with their own version of that. If they, and they may already have, it, it may already be out. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think they're still developing it, but basically they, it's the same thing as steam. Only they are allowing more of the profits to go to the developers than steam does. Um, and so it's just more uh, developer friendly. It's more um, gamer friendly uh, in that respect. I think they're going to have more control, I guess, over the quality of products that are going to be on there. And and so there are a lot of games that are going specifically to Epic for these reasons, and they're going there exclusively. Okay. Uh, so I think that's pretty big. So um, Bungie is jumping on board this and taking Destiny 2 over there. You know, if oh, wow. you if you had the Blizzard downloader or uploader or whatever, basically it's the it's the home screen for Blizzard where you uh, you can check patch out games. games. It has, what's that? Where you patch the games up? Yeah. Yeah, basically, it, it, but it has a link. Uh, so on the left sidebar, it's got all of the games that Blizzard comes out with, and then right beneath that, it's got Call of Duty and uh, Destiny. So it's got an Activision game, specifically Activision. And then it's got this this Bungie game. I have a feeling that those will eventually, once this is complete, then then uh, that Bungie one at least will will go away. But 
I don't know. I think that's interesting. I think it, that's something to to keep an eye on. And this battle between Steam and Epic, I mean, Valve really hasn't done much with Steam to, to improve it, to change it, to iterate on it at all. It's just kind of been coasting. I mean, as far as I'm... As far as I know, and I'm, I do go there on from time to time. I've bought a few games. That's where I got Pyre, you know, right. the, the greatest game right. ever. <laughs> you love that game. I do love that game. Pyre is a great game. Um, yeah, so I had one other thing that I wanted to. I, it's a hot take, basically. I, I, I basically just wanted to give a hot take on, on a what I think is a a new maybe even a new iteration on an already well-established genre hot take here i think red dead redemption 2 is not an open world cowboy game and i I know people have said it is a cowboy simulator but i think it is a simulation game i don't think it's a i don't even think i think that the single player content is fantastic. I think the game itself is fantastic because I almost went as far when I first thought about it to say that it's not a game. It absolutely is a game, but it's almost more of a sim. A sim. There are so many things that you have to micromanage in that game. Um, there are so many things that you have to keep up with. They've just they've kind of uh, they've built on the formula with each of these games. Grand Theft Auto Five had a lot more to do. That's not true either. I think Grand Theft Auto Five is almost a simulation as well. I think if you didn't have those the three characters that you jumped between, that it might. I think it it may have lent lent itself to be more like this simulation. But I think Red Dead Redemption Two is a fantastic game. But I don't think it's in the same genre as the other open world RPG type action games or open world action games like the like the first four grand theft autos i think it's its own genre now and i think there's nothing wrong with that but i think it's uh it is a simulation game almost entirely um if you every little thing that you're able to do and the detail in which they've left that game to if you you know if you skin an animal and you skin it and you leave that skin too long even metal gears uh metal gear 3 snake eater where you could kill something and you had to eat or you would die you know you lost energy if you didn't eat i don't know if you played that game i did but in metal yeah in in metal gear 3 if you you had to eat things you could find a snake or whatever and a bird or something and you could kill it and put it in your bag but if you left it in your bag too long it would spoil and then when you ate it it would make you sick right well that's that's one mechanic in that game that you had to keep up with imagine if you had to eat you have to sleep you have to change your clothes you have to bathe you have to also make sure that your horse gets all of those things um which all of that on top of the fact that you've got Certain times a day that you got to be, and there is an actual clock in game that changes the sun and and the so day night cycles, um, weather cycles. Uh, you know, you, you you literally can you will lose energy if you go too too cold to a very cold environment and you don't have on the proper attire, or you go out into the desert and you've still got on your cold clothes. Um, that sounds exhausting. 
Well, yeah, it does. It kind of does to me too. But at the same time, I know that that is a obviously a, a niche that people love. So, um, so maybe that is a hot take. Maybe it's not a hot take. I don't really care. I'm saying that it is. It is a simulation. I said it, and that's and that. it's its own. I stand by it. Yeah, it, it is its own thing. Well, that brings us to our main topic. Uh, well, and uh, for those of you at home, this topic uh, has <laughs> has it's it is near and dear to our heart. This is our third try at this. Um, we've had some technical <laughs> difficulties in the past, and I, I I claim full responsibility for that. But what we want to do is is create a game. We're going to go through some topics, and and basically, this is our Franken game episode, and the first part of it. Um, we're going to list a, list a number of categories uh, and give our uh, our choices for those categories to kind of create our own game. And then when we're finished with all these categories, we're going to explain, detail, recap with a, a description of our own completely new, different, unique, original game that may not be all that original for me. Probably. <laughs> It'll probably be some sort Kingdom of Star Hearts. Wars mass effect. <laughs> Yeah, game. So, anyway, so our first category uh, is the setting, setting and ambiance. Uh, so, basically, just where the game is going to be set, the background for this. So, what say you, Amanda? What is your setting for your new original game title? Well, you know, I'm a sucker for the post apocalyptic uh, kind of genre. So, Think Mad Max, think uh, Fallout, think uh, any of the zombie games, really. Uh, but for me, I if I had to pick a game to model it off of, I would pick the Fallout franchise, specifically Fallout 3. I think it, they nailed it. Um, it has its own very distinct feel, the music, the characters, the little items in the world, they seem like they would be there there. You don't have to suspend disbelief so much. Um, and right. so if I was going to pick a complete setting to start out with, um, I would, I would have to pick follow three. Very nice. Um, you know, and I, I don't mind the post-apocalyptic, but it's never been my favorite. I, I think, uh, I think that I would pick a science fantasy um, background of science fantasy setting, uh, something I would, the more I thought about it. And since we've had a couple times to do this and I got to think about it a little bit more, I like the idea of having it set in something that is, that, that is grounded. Um, so there is a realistic element, but not really steampunk. So more of a, um, I, I thought of Horizon Zero Dawn, the idea that you have these this primitive people, but they have advanced and futuristic type weapons. So, but it's still a bow and arrow, but it just happens to be a very advanced awesome bow and, bow and arrow. arrow. You know, yeah. Um, and so there are elements of science in that as well. And so that's what I that I would think something like that, something like uh mass effect in that respect for the science portion of it that stuff is grounded in reality um but you still have some of the more mystical elements you still have um you know maybe even 
I don't know, uh, magic could be involved in this. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I would want something like that. Maybe Star Wars-esque Mass Effect, but grounded on, and on just one planet. I don't want it to be traveling all over the galaxy, just in one area. Or something like Horizon Zero Dawn in terms of uh, setting. Okay. Okay. Threw a little curveball there. Yeah, I changed it. I, I, I think just looking at that game uh, to potentially buy kind of got my mind working on it. So, okay, all right. So uh, the next one is uh, what is it? Game mechanic? Is that it? Uh, genre. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, it is genre. You're right. Um, so for me, I think genre is really easy. I was going to always choose an RPG, but I particularly like an action RPG. So I want to talk to everybody. I want to have big, complex conversations. I want my decisions to matter, but I want the gameplay to be a little bit more fast, a little bit more action-packed. I really don't like the slow, more turn-based sort of thing. So um, if I was going to choose a game to model it off of, I'd have to choose it uh, Fallout again, but most specifically the VAT system, because I think, uh, and we're not talking about Fallout 76 where they messed up VATs. <laughs> we're talking about uh, VATs in the previous versions of Fallout where you can you can choose to manually shoot you can choose to manually target but if you want a little bit more precision a little bit more kind of targeting you can use vats to zone in on a specific body part or a specific enemy and i think that's the best of both worlds the more slower rpg sort of thing and the much more quick action genre i think they get it right and i think they strike a good middle ground between those two things. So that's why I would choose uh, Fallout and more specifically Vats. Very nice. My, um, I think it wouldn't be surprised that I would also select an RPG, action RPG. Um, but more in line of, or, or more like Mass Effect or KOTOR because I want the party system as well. So... I'm. Sh I think I'm sure you could work Vats into a party system because I guess you do have a dog in Fallout. Yeah, um, but, and you uh, have and you do like companions as well. Yeah, and so you have companions, and the companions kind of do their own thing. Um, I think I would like, and and when we get into mechanics, I'll go uh, into this a little bit more or in greater detail. But yeah, something along the lines of Mass Effect, Kotor. Um, I would say Kingdom Hearts as well, just because you do have a party system. And um, some of the mechanics between those games are very similar. Now, KOTOR is probably the outlier there. Their battle system is a little bit different. But that would be the genre. I want to be able to character select. I want to be able to create my character. I want to pick the class. I want to be able to uh, adjust the stats. I want my, my, I want my, my playthrough to have its own unique feel, you know that this is how I did it. And when I talk about this game to somebody else, then they had a different or potentially had a very different or a completely different experience um, in the way that they did things. So, uh, and that's the best part to me about RPGs in general is that you do have some agency over the character, what they look like, the decisions that they make uh, and the, and the play style, you know, you can kind of fit to you to uh, you know, your, your particular style. So, so that's the genre for me. So we got action RPG, both of us. 
Yeah. Your post-apocalyptic action RPG. Mine is a science fantasy grounded in reality, but uh, and on one planet, but still an action RPG. And then the next category is mechanics. So the key mechanics for this action RPG post-apocalyptic go love it so so i've i've briefly touched on how important i think bats is but of course that was more describing the kind of uh genre element where you know i want it to be fast but i want the option to be able to add in some precision i also think um that having the uh ability to customize your party and choose people with specific skills that suit your play style is super important so um they they do this pretty well in Mass Effect, in my opinion, where you can, you know, spend their skill points and level up your crew in order to better serve, you know, your overall tactics. Um, and so I'd probably look to bring something like that in where the, the party members that you get have their own skill sets and their own specialities and you can tweak them to better suit your particular play style in that session. Um, I would also like to see it where you can order your teammates around. So Dragon Age does this pretty well, where you can kind of direct the flow of combat, move them to different places, um, and you have a little bit more staging in the combat area. Sometimes I feel like with action RPGs, it can become very much a bit of a cluster with lots of magic powers going off and, you know, lots of effects and you can't really see the action. So I'd like kind of a slightly more zoomed back um, view, more of a third person uh, setup right. so that I could properly see kind of what was going on around me in the staging area. So I'd, I'd want slightly more third person. I'd want the ability to have skill treats for my party members. And I'd like the ability to kind of um, use their use their skills within the staging zone. And added kicker, if they can do some of that with voice prompts um, using the Kinect or a headset or something like that, because I think it just adds another dimension to the gameplay to have voice prompts as an option. And I think Battlefield, if I remember correctly, Battlefield does this. Uh, but most recently, I played it. I, I played this mechanic in Rise: Son of Rome. It was very, very good. Very good. Um, a game that did not receive critical praise or wasn't. Yeah, really I liked it though. Yeah, yeah. I, liked it. I think for what it is, and that's the thing is, I think people saw the graphics. They didn't realize it was kind of on rails for the most part, and so they. They judged it as if it were a different game, probably, um, and which isn't necessarily fair. I haven't played it, so I don't know. Um, yeah, it is on rails, keep, but it's not bad. Right, but I mean, if if you knew that going in, and you knew that really, it's it's kind of just a it's a pretty story and a pretty game, um, and the story is uh, maybe you have less agency over what's going to happen necessarily. However. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it is for whatever it is. I think it's probably very good, uh, but it is for what it is, you know, don't try to make it something else and then compare it to that standard, you know, and I think yeah. that's what a lot of people did. 
uh, for me, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, if you've listened to this show at all, then you kind of know uh, <laughs> what our what our likes are, <laughs> and I think that you know, with an action RPG, there are certain components and certain mechanics that are just standard with it. So, uh, building your character, uh, having skill trees, all of those things, I think are. Uh, would be necessary for me. That's what I would want those things in here. I'd also like there to be some sort of class system. I would like there to be some sort of evolution to that class system. So as you level up, I, I'd like it to be able to branch off and take something that they did in, in um, the Shining Force games uh, where you have a class and eventually you will evolve into something else. Uh, Final Fantasy did this. Um Shining Force did this, and those are games from you know the early early consoles like Sega and and uh, Nintendo, and then they've just kind of added on or, or improved upon that formula. But uh, the most recent game that I think does this, to my knowledge, at least did it well that I've played, were the uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh, games Heck one yeah. and two, where you pick you pick your class, uh, and so you could be a you know, a, a soldier or whatever it is. And then from there, even if you decided you wanted to be a Jedi at some point, you, whatever characteristics or traits that were specific to the soldier would kind of bleed over into what kind of Jedi you would be. But you did eventually become a Jedi. You weren't just using, you know, pistols and stuff like that. You could also use a lightsaber or you could just go that route just really strictly as a soldier and use guns. Um, I think that 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 is a that's going to be an important component. So you have skill trees, you have you have classes, you have an evolution of those classes. So maybe a second tier uh, in your skill tree once you've evolved. Um, I think you need party selection. So I I'd like there to be characters throughout the game that you interact with that you can meet that can join your party, and I'd like it to be permanent. One of the things about the uh, I, that I really like, but I wish that. I wish they do it a different way. I like the idea in the Fallout games that you can meet characters throughout your journey or not meet them. I mean, there's a chance that you'll never meet these these companions uh, or that you will and they become your companion and they can follow you for, you know, as long as you'd like them to sometimes. But they're not permanent. You know, they're not a they're not necessarily like if you never met them, it's not going to I don't think it necessarily takes away from the story all that much. Um, and you can pick and choose which ones you want. I want characters that have a have even more impact on the story. That maybe even have their own backstory. They have their own side missions. They have that if you chose to. Mass Effect does this. Kotor did it. Where you get these characters, and then eventually, once you've interacted with them enough, you learn about them. You have to go back to maybe their village or their planet or whatever, and and uh, maybe complete some missions that are specific to that character uh, that just adds to the story and it develops relationships with your uh, with your party and uh, within the people in the party of dragon age does that oh yeah really well so, they do well yeah and so i would like that i'd like you to be able to pick people in your party to have them to change them out as you as you want to um but also that those party members have their own kind of uh, you know, their own story, their own backstory, their own ability to evolve. And then I'd like there to be an active battle system. So 
more like Mass Effect, where everything's happening more or less in real time. You might be able to pause it long enough to go through a, a you know a, a wheel menu or something like that just to pick something, uh, but it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hadn't really decided yet if I want you to be able to, because the VAT system brings everything to a halt. Yeah, I like uh, that. Yeah, and I do too. I, I, I think I like, so I think I just answered my question. You will have some ability to stop all of the action and go through maybe a wheel menu or something or some, some HUD that will uh, select your action, whatever it is that you want to do. And you can cycle through your party. So if you have three people in your party, I could cycle through my party to do that. I don't necessarily need voice recognition or uh, to, to move them, but I do want to uh, have some one-button mechanic that I can... That's better than Mass Effect 4 was. I did not like the way Mass Effect 4 did it. I kept sending my people to different places on accident. Uh. Um, and it's not that it was overly complicated. It was just a little different than the other Mass Effects were and... And that the entire system was a little bit clunky to me. Um, so, I, yeah, some sort of active battle system where I can bring the action to a halt with a menu just so that I can think about what I want to do. But then everything else plays out in real time. So I cast a spell or I do whatever else and you can see it. And then I can cycle through my party if I want to to see the perspective or see their perspective um, and then control them if I wanted to. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's it for my mechanics. It's pretty good. They're pretty similar, actually. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they, I think <laughs> so. I just, yeah. I think the big thing for me is the is the party selection, and that just adds so much more depth to the to be able to pick them to to uh, for them to evolve, and for you to have that second tier on your skill tree to be able to evolve as well. So, and uh, and so the last one is: Are we doing weaponry? Oh, we're doing weaponry. Oh, we're doing weaponry. So the last one is weaponry. So what kind of weaponry are we going to have in this post-apocalyptic action RPG? Well, I think this is where I kind of go off the rails from what you might expect. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're going to have guns. You got to have guns. Uh, but we're going to have specifically Bayonetta's hand and foot pistols. Uh, they allow for amazing 360 degree combat. There's, you know, there's a bit of a uh, spinny, flippy sort of situation happening. It's very acrobatic. Uh, I just like the way it looks. I think it's super classy. I think it would work for male protagonists and female protagonists. Not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have to be just a reproduction of Bayonetta. But I think it it's kind of like next level, the fact that you can use your feet to shoot as well. And I just oh, really like yeah. that. I, I like having options. So hand and foot pistols is one. And then for a sort of pseudo melee weapon, I would go with uh, the whip from Soul Calibur, Ivy's whip. Um, I think it's an amazing melee weapon that transitions into a ranged weapon once again, you kind of get that more acrobatic combat happening. You've got lots of variation. You can do combos. You can break that whip open and really go to town. I just think it's <laughs> so much more dynamic than most of the weaponry that you see in post-apocalyptic games. 
Um, and and I think you could feed it into the backstory and, and make it relevant and make there a reason why weapons like that are what's just lying around. Um, so yeah, I, I would, th those would be the two weapons that I would go for. I think, I think it would add something different to a genre that for the most part is just guns and rebar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because a some sort of electric whip is going to be, would be very interesting and potentially difficult to explain. But if you could give a reason for it, I think that would be make that game super unique. I, I was just thinking about it because I know that my weapons are not going to be that unique. But I think if you go that route, then you are creating kind of your own thing. And I think that's good to make something completely unique. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it gives you more options for combat and combos. It does. It really does. It's a third person RPG with a whip or feet guns <laughs> that would actually be pretty sweet if you could shoot but also had a some sort of melee weapon for close combat um you're flipping shooting people with your feet hitting them with a whip i dig it it's not bad no it's not bad uh for me i'm much much more lame or mainstream straightforward uh, I don't have any unique weapons per se uh, to this game. I think that I I want some sort of mix of projectiles and melee style type weapons, um, and I think they should be specific to the class. Um, I I one of the things that I really liked about the Swotor games, the the MM, MMO that that Star Wars has, is that each class that you pick has specific weapons that they're able to use. And it's those weapons are based on the skills of the character. And so if you are a if you're an agent, which works for the Empire, basically you're a spy. And so your weapons are explosives, uh, sniper rifles, um, you know, you subterfuge type stuff. So I, I have smoke screens and things like that so that you can't find me. And then I'll move to another spot and then shoot you with a uh, with a. a a sniper rifle or throw a bomb and, and, uh, or set a trap for you. But if I'm, uh, you know, an inquisitor or an inquisitor is not a class, but basically you're a Sith Lord, uh, then you, you can go in kind of like a tank. You've got a lot of defensive force powers, but you just go in wielding your sword and smashing everything. Um, yeah, it's a little more like a blunt instrument. Um, so I would like some sort of mix between swords and projectiles, but they're specific to whatever your class is. Um, and, and, it, and I choose those weapons because I, it, I'm still in the science fantasy genre. And so, uh, or setting, I'll be on. So my, my science fantasy requires that fantastical weapons. Uh, so I, I don't know that it would be a lightsaber. I don't know that we're going to go full Star Wars on this game yet. We'll, we'll find out in the third installment of this. Um, <laughs> But uh, but I do want swords. I do want some form of magic, uh, whether it be the force or whether it be, uh, you know, your standard typical magic from most RPGs. Uh, and then, uh, you know, having some sort of projectile weapon. So rifles or pistols or, or something to that effect uh, where, you know, I don't, bows and arrows. I mean, even even in Star Wars, Chewbacca has a crossbow, but it shoots 
bolts, laser bolts. And, uh, you know, and Han Solo has a, has a pistol that if you've watched the, the Solo movie was basically just a modified rifle that you could carry in your hand. So it's basically a hand cannon. Hand um, cannon. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think so. So something, some mix somewhere between Horizon Zero Dawn's, you know, primitive futuristic style weapons and Star Wars uh, laser rifles and and uh, <laughs> yours and is pretty creative though. Like, let's be honest, that's not yeah. that's not templated. No, no, I, I think I think there's something there, and and if and once we get to the end, as we've uh, gone through all these categories, I, and I kind of distill it down to just the things, and we recap it, I think we'll have some interesting games. So, um, this is gonna, and like I said, we're, we, if you're listening to this, just all I'm saying is when you make these games, just throw out a little bit of credit. Yeah. Cause this is going to be dope. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, finally, officially that wraps up this episode of retro rebel Gamecast. uh, Frank and game RIP. Thank you for, uh, maybe this actually worked this time. So. <laughs> I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.